Welcome to Life, Love, and Hustle, the podcast that uncovers the story behind the stories of entrepreneurs, artists, and activists making an impact in their business, community, and the culture. Join us for these intimate conversations with ordinary people working to do extraordinary things and hear their journey through struggle, triumph, growth, and change. Now, here's your host, Chad Smith. And welcome to a very special episode of the Life, Love, and Hustle podcast. It's your boy, Chad Smith here, and I'm joined by a guest here. I've been eager to have on the show a really, really cool dude, man, doing some really great things. And what he's doing right now is especially needed so much right now. Uh, I want to introduce Mr. Uh, Rick Dallarada. He is the founder and CEO and uh, chief musician, composer <laughs> of jazzforpeace.org. Welcome to the show, Mr. Rick. Thank you so much, Chad. Pleasure to be here. Wow. And uh, we were just talking a little while ago uh, about how uh, peace is just such a, a ridiculously forgotten concept right now. We've got wars going on around the globe, conflicts, uh, Africa. Is, uh, some countries are in turmoil in Africa, which seems perpetual. Uh, we have, you know, Latin, Latin countries in turmoil. We've got, of course, uh, the major wars going on right now in Ukraine. And now we have this war going on between Israel and Palestine, which, you know, it's been going on for decades. It just seems like the world's on fire, man. It's crazy um in 2023 that we can't seem to get our shit together and learn to speak other languages than violence and 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 hate uh and pain and 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 murder uh we're at the pinnacle right now of human history for knowledge and uh, technology and we're still speaking the language of violence to settle uh, our grievances, man. It, it, it's it's wild to me, man. But thank God for organizations like yours who are speaking different languages and hoping to bring peace to the world, hope to the world, and in your situation, music to the world. Yeah, well, you know, the, the amazing thing about our journey is that we found the path to peace. We have found it. And the problem, which I'm trying to... Uh, turn people on to now is that the big problems that we have are not with the, that there, we don't have a solution. It's the implementation of that solution. That is the biggest problem. And uh, one of the things that we found, one was that music and the arts and culture in general cut through all boundaries 
that we have, everything that divides us, music and the arts and culture breaks through. And it breaks through in a profoundly positive way. It affects people in profoundly positive ways all over the world. And we found it through our 850 benefit concerts all over on every continent. Uh, you mentioned Africa. We've been there nine times. You know, you've mentioned the Middle East. One of our most important uh, events was uh, bringing Israeli, Palestinian, and American jazz musicians to a concert at the United Nations more than 20 years ago on September 25th, 2002. And there was, you know, any of these things you could talk about for hours, any of them, really. Um, you could talk about one Africa event, let alone the nine of them for an hour. But, you know, just bringing up that one um, at the United Nations, I mean, here we were. I was with, you know, Israeli and Palestinian jazz musicians. They were getting, you would never think there was anybody having a problem with anyone on that day. We were getting, you know, we were doing exactly, we were right where we wanted to be, doing exactly what we wanted to do, showing the world that we have a foundation that we can build on, and that is our mutual love of the arts and the culture and creativity. And we're embracing our greatest qualities as a species. You know, when we war, we are often embracing our very worst qualities as a species, right? 100%. But here we are, here we are at the United Nations playing the great American art form of jazz, uh, at, that that's led me to my original compositions and, and things that I do. And, and we're all speaking this language together. And these guys loved it. You know, we have a page called jazzforpeace.org forward slash UN. And you, you go there and you'll see statements from some of the musicians who played that day, you know, phenomenal things that, that, that how it, how it affected them in profoundly positive ways. And, um, there you had something to build on, but, Numerous problems uh, arise when you do that. And, and one of them is people in positions of power, in positions of, of influence, don't seem to recognize the arts and culture in general. They don't seem to believe that the arts and culture can solve their problems. And they'll sit there and talk for 20, 30, 40 years until someone breaks in and stops them. And we don't have any to stop them and say, hey, wait a minute, what about the arts and culture? To me, it's like sending the Chicago Bulls out without Michael Jordan and expecting to win a champion. Just leave him on the bench. You know, the arts and culture is an important player and here is an opportunity to use them. And, you know, the other thing people will do is, well, okay, the arts and culture, well, then uh, I'm, I'm going to, it'll be my arts and culture. I'm going to get my, you know, my, I'm going to get my uh, wife or something to sing. You know what I mean? No, no, no. You have something with Jazz for Peace. We did it. You know what I mean? Let's build on this and let's include everybody too, by the way. But let's. Ooh, that's let's, a foreign concept. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying be, be inclusive? <laughs> you see what I mean? And, you know, and it's it's so sad. And, you know, what? it's so frustrating. There isn't even words to describe it. Thank God we have music to to convey that which the sadness, which cannot be described with words. When I see people who say all of these wonderful things and they stand for all the right things. Yet, where is the arts and culture? And how do you even, how, they don't even, I mean, they act like they don't even know about us. And when I say us, I mean a lot of people in the arts and culture that could contribute. Yeah, what you're saying is absolutely true um, because for the differences that some people have with each other, I feel like we have a lot more in common. And I don't think there's enough emphasis on what we have in common 
uh, answer is as what we may differ on. So even if your political views differ than someone else's, right? We all want our kids to grow up in a safe country. We want them to have the best education. We want them to have the best medical care. And we want them to be able to choose their own path um, spiritually, emotionally, professionally, and other nullies you know, that you can think of. And when you start to look at what you have in common, I think what you differ on tends to, you know, become not so important. So in, in music, uh, the arts is that, and, and, and sport are definitely uh, some of those things. So tell me um, how you came to create Jazz for Peace. Well, it really started on the morning of 9-11. I basically uh, happened to be living less than a quarter of a mile away from the World Trade Center. And I received a phone call from a photographer who had a day job down on Wall Street. And she had taken pictures of me the day before for her own portfolio, you know, building her own photography portfolio. And then she would give me the negatives and stuff. And um, I get this frazzled. I was woken up that morning with a phone call. I answered it. And it's this frazzled girl down on Wall Street. Like, I'm sorry to call you. I didn't know who to talk to. I know we were took pictures. I said, no, no problem. What is going on? And I ended up you know, said, listen, I, I live on a fifth floor walk up, as she knew. Why don't I just go up on the roof and just let me take a look at this? You know, it's got to be some dingling with a hang glider flying. You know, some idiots can't, you know, can't be anything, yeah. right? It's right. got to be something like that, some fluke, a fluke thing. Who would have think? So I go up there, and now, little did I know, as soon as I opened that door and walked onto my roof, I was walking into a movie. You know, I was like walking into the movie screen and it was just, you know, unbelievable. And at the end of that day, all I had were words that had come out that it just, you know, just came out, you know, like like a woman's water breaking or something. You know what I mean? It was just I didn't struggle with these words. They just came out and I wrote them down and I just called that poem Jazz for Peace. So everything came from a poem, just like I'm trying to explain to people that event we did from the United Nations bringing Israeli Palestinians together in a positive way that can grow 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 just like this poem went from a from it you know being written watching those events to being recited which it was then recited a few weeks later at a jazz festival in Savannah Georgia for over 8000 people then put to music then played at a concert then the press got a hold of it and onward and onward and onward and That's it just amazing. came one thing after, yeah, it's an amazing story. One thing after another, after another. Now, how did you get the opportunity to perform at the United Nations of all places? Right. So now what happened was, um, you know, here I was with a poem. The, everything's closed down and it's kind of a war zone where I was living because I, w within a quarter of a mile from the World Trade Center, it was, there was like tanks and it was locked off and you had to, to go get yeah. groceries. You had to show your ID and like show your ID to a cop and they'd let you out of a rope and then you come back in with your groceries and all that stuff. Uh, when I recited the poem, that reverberated and it just happened. I had, you know, that gig and it happened that they opened up the country in time. They opened it up just in time to get to this gig and then 8,000 people got to hear my poem, you know? Um, 
I mean, I feel sorry for people like Edgar Allan Poe who wrote all kinds of poems and couldn't get in front of anybody. You know what I mean? Here I am, one <laughs> poem in front of 8,000 people. Anyway, you know, the poem resonated with people, reverberated all the way back up here. And the promoters of the next event were telling the actors, we heard about this poem. Are you going to put it to music? And, and then uh, I was interviewed where they asked me to recite the poem. That ended up getting in an article. And in the same article, I just happened to say off the top of my head, you know, if we fill our souls up with our greatest qualities, you know, intellectuality, creativity, artistry, you know, et cetera, humanity, we will have a better chance at avoiding the behavior that leads to destruction. That got just lifted by famous quotes websites. And the next thing I know, I was able to see quotes by people like Malcolm X, who you mentioned, and all these other people. I mean, the, the all these great people said amazing things during their lifetime. And they ended up on famous quotes website with my quote now is on there. Hundreds wow. of websites all over the world. If you Google Rick Delarada famous quote, I mean, it's just endless in every nationality, <laughs> whatever. But the cool thing is I would invite anybody to go there and read all the quotes, just read anybody's quotes. You know, people I never heard of, like I didn't know really know who Aldous Huxley was, but Aldous Huxley said these amazing things, you know, Mark Twain, anybody, you know. Um, so anyway, that led to the, a concert where I actually performed jazz for peace. I put it to music. And then the that article said Delarada starts out concert with jazz for peace, you know. So that article comes out. And now I thought, let me do a few jazz for peace concerts around New York City. And then I just happened to say to my manager, I said, listen, you know, while you're doing stuff, getting my schedule together, why don't you just call over to the United Nations and tell them? Because I had been playing, because when you're a jazz musician in New York City, I don't know if it's still that way. I assume it is because, you know, but when I came here, you're, you're, you're here to play and you're here to meet all the musicians and everything. And I found myself playing with both Palestinian and Israeli musicians, you know, jamming at a someone's house, you know. And so I didn't know, I didn't, you would never think that you were even at war if you ever saw that, you know. I mean, I didn't know, I was like, that war is, isn't aren't these guys supposed to hate each other? Isn't it supposed to be a horrific war, <laughs> you know. Right. Oh, what are they doing? And I said, look, why don't you just call over the United Nations and see if there's some way that I could just do this? Because I knew, you know, I could bring I could bring us together because I'd seen us together at like somebody's house it just happened to be I wouldn't even know like someone called me up hey we're having a jam session I just go over I wouldn't even know the guys one thing one guy's from Israel and then one guy's from Tel Aviv and other guys from Lebanon whatever you know so it's fascinating and um at some point now during this time where I was doing these little jazz for peace concerts around New York City and you know thinking about what to do next she uh, is talking to me about some gigs coming up and she's kind of like, OK, so this thing, you're going to go to France and you're going to play with these guys. And then you're going to debate the drummer's going to stay with you to uh, Milan and you're going to pick an Italian bass player. Oh, and by the way, that United Nations thing, they want to do that. <laughs> oh, by the way. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like. Okay, all right. If that's the way you want to bring it to me. You know, it's like, to me, I knew it was a big deal. I did. But maybe I'm the only person that thinks this. I don't know. She just like, <laughs> you know, she just moped it in with everything else. You know, I said, what? Did you like say? A side, like a side note. Like a side note. 
And she's like, <laughs> yeah, that it's the, they got some sponsor, but you need one other sponsor, but they have the, the something of something is going to bring the chairs. And so this is going to do that. I said, wow. So I said, listen, make sure you have whatever you do. I don't care where the other guys are from. They give you know, they can be anywhere they want. You want to have a Japanese guy, European, whatever. Make sure you have at least one Israeli, one is Palestinian. Make sure you at least have that going, you know? So we did the concert and, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, we did, I sent out press releases, did this, that, and the other. And, you know, I didn't see these people there. I mean, the money, I, I guess the money is not in peace. I don't know what to tell you, but <laughs> I thought I did something significant. And there were people at the United Nations anyway who were at my concert. I mean, maybe some people came, but I thought I, I was kind of thinking the people at this event had to be here anyway or whatever, you know, just didn't seem like, you know, it didn't seem like what I thought it was anyway. But yeah. as time went on, people started thinking, started realizing the significance of it. You know, one of the people was uh, Barack Obama, you know, on uh, as the concert. What happened was the concert series grew, the benefit yeah. concert series, because I realized that helping outstanding causes is a path to peace. One, because you're identifying an outstanding cause that really does want to make a difference. OK, so these people and all outstanding causes aren't like that. A lot of them are, you know, nonsense, you know, trying to get money off their taxes and diverting this. Diverting save, save, save the frogs of Texas. Right. You know, <laughs> just a bunch no of disrespect crazy. to the frogs of Texas. But I'm just saying. Yeah, there are. There are. I mean, there's a lot. But what we were doing was kind of separating the wheat from the chaff in the sense that we were bringing out organizations that were truly, you know, uh, truly passionate about a cause. And I related to them because I'm passionate about music, you know. And you know what? It's fun to live life when you're following your passions. So why shouldn't we? We should all do it. In fact, I think we can solve a lot. Like I was telling you, a lot of the world's problems. I solved one of the world's problems in 50 seconds on YouTube. I think it says NYC jazz musician solves problem in 50 seconds. If you were able to find it, it's just a short. And yeah. all it does, all it does is just me saying, we've got technology, as you alluded to earlier in 2023, we have technology that is able to do things that you don't need people to do them for, right? So guess what? You have a machine making that money, so you don't need a person to do that. So how about we, instead of give all of it to Jeff Bezos or one guy or whatever, you know, how about we take some of that money that's being earned by that machine and give some of these people that now don't have to do that all day, so, you know, a stipend so that they can find their passion. Because usually when you're passionate about something, it's because it, you're right. It is something that makes a difference. You know, you see people that are passionate about a lake in their town. They want to clean. Someone else is passionate about, you know, uh, being humane to cats or dogs, whatever it is, find, fit their passion. That money can help them, you know, and then as they grow their passion and solve the world's problem, whatever it is, then there can be incentives for for doing, for fulfilling their dream. You know, yeah. this is an incredible thing. And I happen to say it in 50 seconds on YouTube, but I don't know. You know, like I said, he, he, there's a solution right there, but it, it would have to be implemented. And 
maybe there's some people that are like, no, I've got seven billion and I want to go to 17 billion. So no, we can't do that. I don't know. You know, like I said, problems with implementation, more problems with implementation than there are with solution. There's a solution for you right there. Another solution, which is the one I'm talking about to you now, is finding those outstanding causes that really are passionate and bringing them to the forefront so that people who want to help an outstanding cause and really see their money go towards that, to go towards that solution can help those people, can help those causes that are really passionate. So well, earlier you mentioned, as we're doing that, and it was a great know, point. Uh, um, no, I'm sorry. No, earlier you mentioned, and it was a great point that we don't have any shortage of solutions. What we have is a problem with implementation of those solutions. I chalk it up to two things. This is this is Chad's philosophy moment right here. Two things. Either we don't have the courage to implement these solutions, mm -hmm. or we don't have the support to implement these solutions. So uh, is there anything that you can add to that, or is that pretty much uh, well, not no. that? Like I said, you know, here's the thing. Um, just that one thing I was talking about, okay? You take some of that money that is being now coming from innovation so we don't need those people to do that job instead of making those people destitute and jobless right give some of that money that's being earned by the machine to do their job to them so that they can find their passions or go after their passions and then we can simply watch them with their time instead of flipping that burger for eight hours you're now <laughs> On a you're contacting people like Jazz for Peace and saying, hey, can you guys do a concert for me that raises, can you help me show me how to fundraise and get sponsors and get publicity and awareness and get new and prestigious supporters and grow our donor base and expand and reward the follower, you know, the people that do believe in what I'm doing. These kinds of things, you know, I mean, they can call, every single one of them call us, but not just us. There's, you know, now we have something that's going on. Actually, there's 850 other grant recipients that they can also work with. And that's just me. I'm the one person. Yeah, right. All the, they, all, they all connect with each other, the ones we've helped, because they all know, wow, he, if Jazz for Peace worked with them, they're probably just as legitimate and passionate about what they're doing as I am about what I'm doing. You know? So Jazz for Peace has grant programs available yeah. to, wow. So who do you tend to look for as far as uh, your grant your grantees well basically what we what we ask them to do and this is something we learned along the way we simply ask them to comment co contact us and this is gonna sound crazy to you but believe me we we were blown away when it happened to us contact us and tell us tell us a little bit about ourselves because that reveals who you are. When you tell us, when you tell me about me, right? Because I know who I am. That tells me a lot about you. You see what I mean? So there's a, there's a, there's another thing on YouTube. It comes from another, um, it comes from another interview where it says Rick Delarada unveils amazing Grant secret, and basically it's me explaining that a guy once called us up and started talking about us. He says, you know, I just wanna let you know, I've been looking at your program and I saw this thing you did in Africa. I saw this thing you did for this person. I saw this thing and I like the way you're, and I like the way you're doing this. And I like the way you're, um, 
you know, your 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 money is just one piece of it. You're not just trying to solve the problem by throwing money at it, but you're raising funds for people. You're raising. Sp We're like, who is this guy? Because, man, do we want to work with him? You follow me? So now I'm with a couple of, of uh, volunteers. I said, Google this guy. Write this. Google. Find out who he is. And they Google the guy, and you know who it is? It's a guy that's got more grants. He gets more grants than anybody who calls us. And he that's how he's doing it. <laughs> that's how he's doing it. He's calling wow. us up and telling us about us to let us know how how engaging he is, how intelligent he is, how you know what I mean? Because like yeah. Yeah, so that's a secret. So we're trying to pass stuff like that forward. You know what I mean? That's good stuff, man. Yeah, the um, uh, I think with what you're talking about, as far as um, the capitalization of the um, automation of business, I think, you know, the one, again, it goes back to what I was saying about uh, a lack of willingness. There's no mm -hmm. lack of courage in corporate America, but there is a lack of willingness um, because of, if I can automate and I can eliminate the human aspect of my business, that's more money for me. So corporate America hasn't historically been um, willing to, um, if, if, if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile, right? So if they're gonna save $3 billion uh, on labor costs, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna put about point seven five billion dollars uh back to the shareholders you know and that's gonna go right to the uh the profit bottom line um and they're gonna just give away enough to make themselves look like they're doing something major when in fact they could be doing a lot more well now you're talking about two things that are very important okay one of them is addiction okay addiction and the other one is the end of a cycle of a system that has gone from decay to its last vestige, okay? And this is like, a, um, you know, this is something that happens in a, in a system every, every 90 years, as I was talking to you. It's called the fourth turning, okay? So now the addiction part, okay, is here are these people, they are involved in a corporation and their mandate is not to help humanity it's not to help people it's only to help them make more money right but now guess what in order to keep making more money they have to do that which is the most profitable and what's the most profitable thing half of the time be after you go a certain amount of time you realize crime is the most profitable that's facts you realize crimes are real. So you, you get these crazy situations where, you know, they sit at a board meeting and they're like, okay, the most profitable thing we did was when we polluted the hell out of that, you know, town in Mexico and made 50 million and then only had to pay 8 million in a fine. Yeah. They, oftentimes they factor that in. Now <laughs> so we're going to pay about 5 million, but we're going to make 20. <laughs> right. So instead of doing anything that's productive for humanity or anybody, they're trying to find another town to pollute so they can do this cost of doing business uh, shell game and pocket thirty two million dollars, paying an eight million dollar fine for the pollution. You see what I'm saying? So now they're right. off. They're off their mandate. So that's that's kind of an addiction. 
they're addicted. You know, it started out all good, but now this money isn't really, it's it's poisoning their soul, the extra money they're making. Do you know what I mean? The, the sure. hardships that they're causing to people, stepping on people, breaking their, uh, breaking the union, breaking people's, um, uh, you know, giving them, you know, screwing them on their wages. So, you know, you've got that part. And then you've got, like I said, this this cycle thing. So we're, we're, we're every 90 years or so, you get to where we are now. It's a war type of period because there's all kinds of crazy debts and things that have to be, you know, everyone's paper, everyone's kicking the can down the road, right? You've heard that story, right? They kick the can down. Right. Uh, we're not going to solve an item. There's an election coming. Now let's kick it down the road and let the new guy screw it up. We're going to get through, you know what I mean? <laughs> and they kick it down the road, kick it down the road. Now, the other thing is when you get things like this backwards, okay, the solution is you could do the solution. Like, for example, we have a trickle-down economy, right? In trickle theory. down. You've heard, you've heard the word. Everyone's heard the sure. word, right? Reaganomics. Right. In theory. What it's never worked. Down? What is trickle down doing? It's making the rich richer, the poor poor, the rich richer, the poor poor. All in it, we're we're almost at a fi infinity now. How far can you go? How much richer and how much poorer can you get? Right. Well, they were counting on if you enable laws um, and deregulate industry and make the rich richer. Naturally, the generosity of the rich is going to translate into more opportunities uh, for the middle class and the poor. Well, Those that rich hasn't... people are powerless. That They're hasn't powerless. happened. <laughs> no, and you know why, Chad? You know why? Because they have to show up at that same board meeting. Right. What do you think happens when that guy shows up at the board meeting and says, you know what, guys? Instead of going from $8 billion to $9 billion, we're going to, like, you know, we're going we're gonna to do the right thing here. They throw, no. they'll throw him out of the company. Do you realize that? Yeah, they'll exactly. vote him out of his own company. Profits so, and the shareholders are taken care of at all costs. Right. Well, the thing is they can vote. They can actually vote to remove you if you go in and do this, this, you know, trickle, this, this generous thing that you're, that is, that, that like you described, you can, then they find out that they are powerless. They themselves are, the machine is more powerful than them. They don't even have the power to do this. Now, no, everybody loses. The people lose because they get stepped on more. They lose because they thought all this money was going to lead to something. It's led to nothing. They don't, they have less power than a homeless person. A homeless person yeah. could go on that board yeah, you... and speak his mind more than he could because if he does, he'll get thrown out. He'll lose his position. Right. His wife will leave him. I mean, he's screwed. He's <laughs> got to keep going and going. Now, how do you solve a trickle-down problem? Guess what? Another solution that I have for you. Trickle up. Trickle up. So what we have at Jazz for Peace is a cryptocurrency for philanthropic purposes only. It's for philanthropic purposes. And you can use the blockchain to make rules so that it can't even be distributed unless it's a philanthropic purpose, right? The the funds go to an outstanding cause that's actually going to do, actually going to solve a problem, not a cause that's just lying to get your vote. You know what I'm saying? Like you see going on. They're actually going to solve the problem because they're passionate about it. 
those funds as part of our grant, just as an addition to our grant services, right? As an addition to what we already offer. And by the way, you can read. I don't want anybody to read my, to hear, listen to me words. You read. I do this because of the testimonials from the grant recipients, which are at Jazz for Peace. It's not jazzforpeace.org. It's another site because we have so much uh, archive stuff. Jazzforpeace.wordpress.com. And then you would put a forward slash about to get to that exact page. Well, if you went to that page, you see an, our empowerment tree. So you can see all the things that we, you know, we're talking about. It's not just funds. It's growing your donor base. It's, you know, it's strengthening the, your, your, the people that you have with you, rejuvenating them, helping you get sponsors at the local level and the, at the national level, publicity and awareness, new and prestigious supporters. It's part of an empowerment tree. And that's why you, you see the testimonials from them. That, that they've gotten from, you know, from what we do. Anyway, trickle up, right? As they, the, the organization, who gets it last, right? The people that need the money, it's supposed to trickle down, right? But most of these outstanding causes spend half of their time fundraising or more. You understand? So how the heck are you going to get anything done in a 365-day year if you're spending 362 days trying to get the money? Especially because, uh, according to my nonprofit friends, giving is way down, uh, especially in major cities where you've got uh, big corporations who were uh, accustomed to making large donations to right. charitable organizations moving out of the cities. Right. now. These organizations have lost their major donors. They've lost their corporate donors. And now they're having to relearn how to fundraise on the grassroots level. Uh, so talk about um, how how does Jazz for Peace fundraise? So you said that you've got, uh, is the cryptocurrency plan currently active? And, and uh, what else do you do uh, to help raise funds for your grants? Sure. So now that, that currency is called Trickle. Because we mm. want you to know that we're trying to create a trickle up economy. If we don't have, we don't have to, you can trickle down all you want over there. We're not going to bother you. You want to trickle down whatever you're doing, do it. We're just entering this to solve these problems because, as you know, they're not, it's not trickling down. They're spending all their time. Now they get the money first instead of last. Okay. And when they spend it into the economy, it trickles up. That's simple. The, these guys who are doing who are doing the philanthropic service get the money first from Jazz for Peace as part of the grant award, and that as they spend it to do their mission, the money trickles up into society. Oh. And that's just and that's just one problem. Like I said, we we found so many. I mean, I'm bouncing into solution after solution. I just need someone to listen and work work with me or work with all of us on the implementation. And see, that's the other problem. There are people that look at what I do and say, man, I sure hope you do that. And, you know, I have to tell them it's never going to it's got to be a we. We have to. do. You know what I mean? I can't. You can't ask me to do anything. I everything I've done has been a partnership with a we with the people. You know, if you look at the events we did for what city are you in? Me, I'm in Frederick, Maryland. Okay, so but you're kind of in the uh, D.C. area, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, we've I'm done right so outside many... the D.M.V. Right outside the D.M.V. I'm an, we've done... I'm an hour from D.C. 
Okay, so but we've done because I know I know that area because Silver Spring we've done events we've done events. There we go. All over DC because I know because it's like every time we go to like I think I'm going to Maryland but I'm kind of in DC. You know what I mean? I think I'm <laughs> yeah. in Virginia but wait a minute. You know I'm in DC. You feel like yeah. So it's like four states there that you could be because I've mm -hmm. traveled there so many times for concerts, so many events, so many things. In fact, we did a concert at the Lincoln Memorial. At the Lincoln Memorial, because somebody had a wild dream, and we fulfilled it with them. You know, to well, have you know, speaking, well, speaking of performance, you said you 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 had a special tune prepared for this uh, this for this encounter. What you got for us, man? So what I got for you is something that I don't. I do, I, there's no preparation actually, because I'm going to make it up <laughs> as I go along. And the reason I'm going to make it up is because. It's really called free jazz and free jazz comes from uh, really there was a movement in the 1960s right here in New York. And these amazing uh, musicians would do these things in their own loft spaces. And what happened was this was another way to use innovation back then. But there was no Internet, but they were using innovation. You had New York City used to have a zillion of these like flat, big, flat places because they had sewing machines, you know, people sewing machines and people doing all of these in the Industrial Revolution, right? After a while, they didn't need those anymore, and now they were like apartments. They became apartments, and people would put on concerts in these big, flat apartments that had no sewing machines in them. Now you could have a concert, and they would freely improvise. So anyway, the reason I'm going to do it is because uh, I took the Zs off of free jazz, because actually I did a concert in Haiti where I found out that the real spelling of jazz is J-A-S-S. -S. It's a Creole word. Mm. So I took these off, took hmm. the S off. Now I have free J-A, which is what we were talking about off standard, freedom, freedom of speech, um, you know, the, the, this problem of, of uh, civilians being bombed in wartime and uh, journalists not writing about it, all that stuff. I get to stand for all that with these improvisations. And I'm, I'm up to somewhere. I think this is the 120th. From there, I'm going to oh, go wow. into I'm going to go into something that describes my situation at the moment, which is autumn in New York. I don't know when your uh, viewers are going to see this, but just so they know, um, it's right in the middle of autumn in New York. So we're going to, so that's going to, this is going to go into that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Rick Donorata.
autumn in New York Why does it seem so inviting Autumn in New York It spells the thrill of first nighting Glittering crowds and shimmering clouds In canyons of steel It's autumn in New York That brings the promise of new love Autumn in New York Is often mingled with pain with empty hands may sigh for exotic land it's autumn in New York it's good to live it Beautiful Rick Delarada, founder and CEO of jazzforpeace.org. Man, tell me what's next for the organization. Well, um, Rip, basically, uh, we, you know, someone contacted us today from Kenya. He wants to grow a thousand acacia trees. And um, we're working with him on that. Um, and that's just off the top of my head. So basically, what we're doing is just working with people. We have an easy steps program to get your event confirmed. And what we're doing is just working with people to follow those easy, those three easy steps. The first one I told you earlier, it's basically to contact us and send us a comment, you know. And what we do is we take that comment, like for example, uh one of the people who called us up and did that technique that I'm telling you about was actually a guy who worked for the Red Cross, you know, and you know how many grants they get. And they sent us they sent us something. It just said, um, Jazz for Peace. Um, Jazz for Peace is a great way to bring world class music to our community while raising much needed funds, you know. And we took that comment, we put it in like a one page. Then they could give it to their board members and their, you know, volunteers and their people. And then those people give their comments and we grow it like that. And though they all become VIP guests of honor from that foundation, 
we then can grow the empowerment tree with the spot with with getting sponsors publicity and awareness etc cetera, etc cetera. and so that that's just what we're doing i hope you'll share this with those nonprofits in your town i forgot what town. i oh yeah down in dc down in maryland yeah, yeah. i'm over here in um, frederick maryland uh our we've maryland. done fredericks we've been there twice you have not really we wow have been you, fredericks maryland you twice it's an organization run by a brazilian woman i sing in portuguese as well her name is dercy and she has an incredible nonprofit. um their company does something related to importing marble and uh she has has an incredible nonprofit that she's passionate about and we have been there twice for that where, organization where did you perform it was one was on an estate hmm. so it was a party on an estate and I'll have to look and see where the other one was. I'll have to check. I mean, we're talking, you know, there's been 800, there's been over 850 of these events. Oh, is that all? <laughs> <laughs> so what I mean is it's hard for me to remember all of them, but I remember one that we did for her was on a very big estate. And I remembered it because I had to fly in from Kentucky to her gig. Because oh, wow. I, I was in, I was in Kentucky the night before at a jazz club. That's good stuff, man. Well, listen, I wish you the best of luck and uh, feel free to come by again whenever you want, man. This was, this was good. And like I said, this is what the world needs right now. We need more reasons to come together. There's so many reasons to, uh, to be divided. Uh, we need more reasons to get together and to be united. So, and I can't think of any better ways than music and the arts. Music and the arts speaks the same language. Um, I can't tell you how many different artists I'll listen to in one day from all over the world, you know? So, uh, listen, folks, go check out www.jazzforpeace.org, um, and www.jazzforpeace.org forward slash UN and, uh, learn more about brother Rick Dallarada and his organization, you know, try to do big things and bring people together under the good old umbrella of jazz, man. So, uh, listen, thank you, Rick. I appreciate you. And as for the rest of you heathens, listen, go ahead and uh, share this podcast with your friends and family. Go ahead and give it a five-star rating like you know we deserve. Uh, we're out here trying to do big things and trying to have 1,000 conversations and make this a, a, a great collection of knowledge and education. And I can't do it without you. And uh, thank you to you for tuning in today because you could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here right here with us. So until next time, go live your life, love your people, and always hustle hard. Peace. Thank you for joining us today on Life, Love, and Hustle. We appreciate you and your support more than you know. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone who could benefit from it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook to continue the conversation and get exclusive access to even more content. We're grateful for your loyalty, and we can't wait to see you hustle your way to success. We'll be here for you every step of the way.